boys and girls, thanks for tuning in. I'm Will Walnuts, the Immortal One. Welcome to the Unholy Brotherhood of the Electric Church weekly podcast. And here live with us is the Unholy Almighty Apostle Dustin, ready to deliver his sermon for the week. Without further ado, Dustin, give it to him, baby. For the week. Yeah, for the fucking week. And you know what week it is? What week? You know what's this Sunday? Uh, Mother's Day. Fucking Mother's Day. We love our moms. We all love moms. You know? (laughs) But just prepare yourself. Because people can't be happy for other people to have a day. Right? So you're going to start seeing all these posts on Mother's Day. People say Happy Mother's Day to their mom. And then there's going to be that fucking reject on there. That's like happy mother's day to all those single dads out there playing both parts. And they do the same shit for father's day, dude. It just, it grinds my fucking gears. (laughs) Like you can't just let someone have one goddamn day. Just, just let them have one day without making a thing out of it, you know, without turning it into a thing. Yeah. My dad sent me that shit for like the first three years I was with my wife. Happy mother's day to you too, because you're, that's like, I'm married. Like she's taking care of the kids. Like she's the mother. Do I have tits and a vagina? (laughs) You know, I guess in this day and age, I could be a mom if I wanted to be, but you know, but it's not, that's not that it's happy mother's day to all the fathers out there playing both roles. Like get the fuck out of here. Get over yourself. (laughs) Is it wrong of me to get pissed off about it? It just, it irritates the shit out of me. Uh, no, I mean, so far from seeing the things that irritate you and get on your nerves, I can't imagine why Mother's Day would be any different. It's just, and then they start with all these different days. Like you got Mother's Day, and then you got Grandparents' Day, Grandfather's Day, Son's Day, Daughter's Day. You know what? Sons and Daughter's Day, that's your fucking birthday. That's your thank you. That's your little pat on the back you get for being fucking born. Happy International Sons Day. Give a, f- I don't say that shit. I don't like, I'm going to post a picture of my girls today. Happy International Daughters Day. Hashtag Daughter Day. Hashtag Sons Day. Hashtag Boy Mom. Like, hashtag all that shit. Hashtag fuck yourself. I actually didn't know that there was a National Son or Daughters Day. Dude, there's a National Fuck a Donut Day, I'm sure. <laughs> there's I bet like the na- police love that one. They probably do, you know, and speaking of pig, you know, what about national hot dog day? I'm sure that's out there. That's that is real. Cause we had a national hot dog. Like it was on a calendar at work, national hot dog day. We had to celebrate it, but at least you work at a fucking grocery store and it's understandable. They probably have a fucking, uh, hot dog eating contest in Antarctica or something. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny where I work. Well, Regardless of that, National Hot Dog Day can go fuck itself, too. Oh. I wonder if they're like, what? how many national days are we going to have? There's already a lot. And how many can you really keep track of? I can't keep track of the ones that are important. It's hard enough for me to remember fucking birthdays, dude. (laughs) Literally, it's hard enough for me to remember the day that someone's born. It's hard enough to, for me to remember that I have an appointment yesterday. 
or whatever. I like, how the fuck am I going to remember International or National Daughters Day? Get the fuck out of here. So I got that going. You know, that's kind of been, I'm excited because I have a wife who's a mother, you know, so I get to do that. But, you know, it's just looking forward to the dumb shit that I, you have to look at on social media just kind of bums me out a little bit. Um, you know, and then people saying like Happy Mother's Day to people that aren't their moms or like a mother figure to them. Like, oh, you have a sister, so you text your sister Happy Mother's Day. Well, she's not your mom. Like, that's for her kids to tell her Happy Mother's Day, right? Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to go along with this because I got a feeling you're going to piss a lot of people off with what you just said. What about those psychos, though, that are out there that have like, they're like dog moms, hashtag dog mom, you know, yeah, and people are probably popular. telling them fucking happy Mother's Day for being a dog mom, too. <laughs> when does it fucking end? Like you got some fucking succulents. Happy plant mom day. And those fuckers probably get it two times in a row. They get happy Earth Day and they get fucking happy Mother's Day for being a fucking plant mom. Arbor Day. Yeah, Arbor Day. They get it all. Earth Day, Arbor Day. Fucking probably Recyclables Day where they got fucking cans and plastic bottles sitting underneath their fucking sink just making a mess. Fuck your recyclables. Did you ever uh, go to school and they had you know how like the recycling thing is like the directional sign that comes into like a triangle and it's supposed to mean or at least we learned back then it was going to be recycle uh recycle something and reuse and i was just picturing like you know all these little kids like something's dirty as shit they just pull it out of the, the trash can and they're like the teacher says reuse and then they just put like you know something they're supposed to eat on it it's got dog food on it and shit and they're like i'm helping the environment it's like someone finds a water bottle and they're like oh i'm thirsty i'm reusing this water bottle and it's something like a trucker pissed in it and threw it out <laughs> exactly dude it's when you start to think about it you're like oh man maybe we shouldn't be teaching them about reusing well Today, you know, we've got to nerf the world for everybody. So, you know, just one of those things. You, you got to tell them not to eat Tide Pods and shit. So, I think using uh, a dirty paper plate is the last of our worries if kids are out there eating fucking laundry detergent pods. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, you know, so on top of this, I've got fucking Cody the Panda sent me another fucking message, dude. I just got it th uh, today. Uh, around around noon 11 or noon sometime in that i got it and uh apparently this sorry fucker has made a uh a group maybe it's not non-profit i doubt the motherfucker knows how to form a 501c or whatever they are but uh yeah i guess he's got a non-profit or non-profit to attack me now called pandas against dustin or pad for shirt short and for you that are listening, if the audio is a little <laughs> off, I didn't just say a derogatory term. I said pad, P-A-D, pandas against Dustin. So, I mean, this dude is going to great lengths to attack me and come at me. And he's trying to form a committee and a foundation to come after me. <laughs> like, does he really like, he said that you need to be against me because 
I'm against or I'm for the destruction of all pandas. I'm not for their destruction. They're doing plenty fine on their own. Like, I don't need to help the dumb fuckers on their path to extinction. They're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, they don't need your help. No, so I don't. And my main thing is I don't think that we need to dump all our funds in that. You know, we need to look at maybe renewable sources of energy. Uh, Maybe that satellite in the sky that beams the energy down, like uh, you were talking about last week. Maybe that's an investment. Getting off the fucking planet, maybe that's an investment. Because, you know, whether we destroy it or not, who knows what's going to happen? But eventually there's going to be a big old rock flying through the fucking space out there, the whole universe and the galaxy, and it's going to smash right into us, and we're going to be like the fucking dinosaurs, and the cockroaches are going to take over. It's going to be like men in black in this bitch. It could so happen again, too. You know, I bet when that first asteroid hit, man, they never saw it coming. I bet the same thing could happen again. And even if they did, like, we've had this conversation before in the past, like, do you think we'd fucking know about it? They wouldn't, uh, wanna, they wouldn't want to, like, stir up uh, an uproar. They would want to keep people as calm as possible while they scurried away to their bunkers. The Rockefellers, the Bilderbergs, they would all escape. All the people in the Trilateral Commission, high-level government officials, high-level, like high, super high-level. Not talking, you know, the director of the CIA. He's fucked, too. But these super high-level and super rich, ultra-wealthy people that run the world and have been running the world for thousands of years. They're going to be the ones like, we're not going to know about it. They're going to be playing us fucking Looney Tunes and Barney and shit. It's going to it's going to be all those people that Alex Jones filmed at Bilderberg when he did that one like full length film that he did. He saw the Queen of the Netherlands, you know, the head of PepsiCo. It's going to be all of those people, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's not me and you. For sure. So, you know, just. I don't know, man. Just kind of a bummer. Got pad coming after me. Got to deal with Mother's Day on top of that. Just can you play the video or not? I don't think I can right now. No. Oh, okay. We'll have to put it up on Facebook after this. Yeah. Stay tuned. I'll get the video uh, and I'll maybe I'll take a break in this segment right now where we're talking about the video and I'll throw it in there and uh, just so you guys can see it and I'll clip it too and, and share that separately. But yeah, it, it's. It's disturbing to know that someone doesn't like me enough. Of all the things that I've said, the fucking pandas win. And I knew that was going to happen. I told you that when you started going on that rant. I said, dude, people like pandas, man. You got to be careful what you say about pandas. Because you remember when they were at the D.C. Zoo, how big of a deal that was? And then the one Sing Sing or whatever her name was, it had babies and there was a 24 hour surveillance camera on the baby at all times. So you could watch a live feed from your computer. Remember that? Yeah. That, that's what I was like getting at with it though. Cause that what brought that up for me was the Eagle cam whenever the Eagle was being born. And that yeah. was my job that was watching the fucking Eagle cam. That's like, right. I forgot. You're sitting in front of a computer for like 10 hours a day watching the Eagle cam. How interesting is it to watch a goddamn egg crack? And they do the same shit with like pandas and they, if we could, well, we probably have some in captivity, but like a snow leopard, which I get it. They're interesting creatures. Well, there's not much interesting about a fucking panda. If you ask me, yeah, they're fat. They walk around and eat bamboo, but I mean, at least the snow leopard's like a majestic fucking creature, you know, please don't let your puppy eat my face off. 
I will. Speaking and see, my dog is a he's for pest control. Last week, killed a fucking groundhog. And I was, you know, I put I finally put two and two together. I was out mowing the grass the other day. And last week before he killed the ham or the, the god well, it's an overgrown hamster. <laughs> before he killed the, the goddamn rodent, the groundhog. Last week when I was mowing, I stepped in a hole and I was like, I didn't think anything of it. Goddamn so, rodent. So then I'm out mowing the other day and I seen the hole. And I was like, that fucking dog deserves a goddamn treat. So I came in and gave him some begging strips. I was like, that's a good boy. My daughter is like fucking tormented by it because she's seen it all. She, he was like dripping blood out of his mouth. Oh my God. Like he just, <laughs> he grabbed that fucking groundhog and shook until it was dead and <laughs> dropped it. He didn't have any interest in eating it or anything. He just killed it and moved on. What oh. a savage animal, dude. He's fucking that is, great. He's a savage. That's savage. He, he took care of my fucking rodent problem, and I applaud him for that. I, if I had the little OBS set up already, I'd, I'd give you some, but I don't have that yet. We'll get that uh, here in the next couple episodes. Your Congratulations to your dog for killing an overgrown hamster. Yep. So, uh, unholy uh, saint of the week goes to Rocky the dog. The, uh, Jindo, Rocky. the Jindo Akita mix and bring your fucking pandas because they'll kill them motherfuckers too bring them bring them a, Akitas are Japanese dogs Jindos are Korean they're built for killing pandas and shit yeah buddy bring your panda around here Cody bring them around did you see that guy that said something about like he was actually talking about getting the SPCA like he thought there was a real panda on the loose in that one comment Oh my God! Yeah, he was. He said uh, the police won't help. The police you aren't going to help it. you. You got to call the SPCA or something. Yeah, he said it's in the SPCA's domain or some shit. Wow. Well, they come in all shapes and sizes, and and that uh goes for brains as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, still, uh, have you had any luck getting Cody the Panda on the show, or um, still waiting maybe. on his return? Maybe I'm kind of afraid to bring him on, honestly, the way he's been acting. But eh, I might think, might I think he could probably might could come on. All right. Well, speaking of guests, I'm gonna send an invite link to a gentleman who runs the show, not woke or the the uh, social media sites and the website for not woke shows. I just sent him the link, so we're gonna give him a couple minutes to get on and and get set up. So he should be joining us here shortly. Um, want to start some? Want to start a news show. article while we're waiting? Yeah, I mean, if you want, or we can just kind of kick it and you know talk about Cody the Panda some more because that's really got me fucking shaking. Got you know? shook up, doesn't it? Well, it's not so much him; it's more of uh, you know the fact that we have Cody the Panda. That's he's creating a fucking like it's almost like a pack, like a political action committee to take on Dustin, like pandas against us. What kind of bullshit is that, Cody the panda? So come on the show, Cody. We'll hash it out, and I'll get my dog to eat your face. <laughs> so it looks like we got Kelly with us. Hey uh, guys. Hey, how you doing? Real good. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks. And this is uh, Will. Uh, you've spoken more directly with me, but uh, yep. this is my partner Will here. I know you've seen us on the show. Yep, yep, sir. What's going so, on, uh, man? I'm real good. How are you guys? Not too bad. Another week. Just got done bitching about Mother's Day because, you know, 
and and I know by your show, I'm not going to, there's not going to be much that I say, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, uh, not woke shows, but, um, you know, it's not, they take away from Mother's Day. So what they do is happy Mother's Day to all the single dads out there being the mother and the father. And it just, it's like, just let the moms have the win, you know? It seems like every holiday we have, it's happy Father's Day to all the single moms out there and this and that. It's just, I don't know. I think that people should, and then we got into this whole spiel about there's a million different days anyway, hot dog day, donut day. When does it end? You know, when does the silliness end? What do you think of it, Kelly? Well, I'd like to have, of course, everyone having their own day, but I mean, I wanted to make sure that we got, uh, we got to have some things that need to be sacred too. Um, I, I think we obviously uh, approach the silliness of a lot of the, the super crazy days. And, uh, I, I'm of the opinion, everyone needs to kind of just let themselves do their own thing. And at the same time, um, if you're going to make me observe it and be a participant of it, and you're going to be, uh, putting it out on every, uh, every major corporation. So if I, if I be a customer of these companies, it almost is as if I'm supporting it, then you can appreciate the fact that I might be inclined to let your company go if I don't uh, necessarily agree. And we're starting to see that a lot with Bud Light and uh, some other companies now where um, people are starting to react when uh, a lot of these woke companies are projecting their uh, their politics and uh, people are starting to abandon them. So I I have your have your day. Keep it to yourself. Don't require me to 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 be a participant or ex risk me abandoning you. You know. Yeah, and I then, agree with that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean the Bud Light thing, and I've talked about it on the show a couple times. And I think both sides of it are silly. Like I don't feel that a company needs to force their agenda on anyone. But at the same time, like you bought the Bud Light and you go out, like people are going out just for the sake of destroying it. You're still giving them your money. So it's just a little silly to me. Like I like Bud Light personally. And I, I, I make the, and it's maybe it's not 100 because you do like with that community of people, you start crossing into some religious and, you know, things like that. Uh, whereas sports teams and, and things of that nature, like I'm an avid Ravens fan. So it kind of pisses, like, I don't like it whenever they put the Steelers on the can, but I still buy the can with the Steelers on it and drink it just the same. So, I mean, if I like the product, I don't know. I guess, you know, I don't, I look past the participation, but all these companies, it doesn't, all the major corporations, and I've said this before too, they donate to both sides of the aisle, all the ideologies. It's just because whoever wins and whoever the majority is, they want to have the backing and for their, it's all about lobbyists. So, but it didn't used to be that way. I mean, there was a, companies used to kind of keep their politics out of the, the the just general conversation. And I think that they hoped that they could kind of change the narrative and and normalize a lot of uh, uh, different ways of thinking that um, that they thought was kind of more, more mainstream. And I think that's probably a byproduct of the bubble. Everyone probably allows themselves to be, and when you only listen to certain news. Um, you think that everyone is probably like-minded and there's a whole, obviously, world of, uh, of people with uh, opposing viewpoints. And I would argue it's probably the majority that uh, runs counter to a lot of these woke corporations. 
And in doing that, it's ultimately just bad business. And if uh, they're going to be following that track, then don't be surprised if people start abandoning it. I mean, I'm all for everyone, every company doing their own thing, but I mean, don't make it seem like uh, you're surprised when when some companies are, are disinclined to uh, to purchase your product. So I don't know, I, I, I kind of of the opinion, I'm gonna, I, I start keeping a, few, a list of companies I don't support, um, Bud Light might be one of them. I was never really a beer drinker before, but uh, um, if I don't shop at Target, I don't drink Starbucks, I'm not gonna be uh, uh, drinking Bud Light if I ever drank Bud Light or any beer, I'm not really a beer drinker. And um, there's a handful of companies I, I mean, I can do without. And it's just because they, uh, they projected their, their opinions on, on this and they said, I, I'm not wanted and so I'll, I'll return the favor, you know? Yeah, and see the silliest part to me is not so much that like they have to put their, their opinion and their views out there, but they're pandering to like under 1% of the population a lot of times. It's like, what, what population is that community really in the grand scheme of things? So it's just, it's back to what you what your show or what your website is not woke like it's sure. this whole fucking woke agenda it's silly it's uh, it, like you have to it's virtue signaling that's what it is so true Here, here's a great example of that um target they they had create established a policy that was uh they thought would be helping their their customers because they wanted to normalize the idea of uh, uh, allowing transgender people to go in uh whatever bathroom that they choose and uh, transgender people occupy, at least when they started that policy, occupied 0.03% of the population. Now, we'd be kidding ourselves if we didn't think that they were probably not uh, otherwise going in those, those bathrooms of their choosing beforehand. The only difference now is uh, most, of these, uh, society, most people in society are normalized that uh, idea that you don't even have to look opposite the gender of what you were born with. And so now what that ultimately does is it normalizes the, the people who would just want to go in the opposite bathroom to be able to go and, uh, and be a peeping Tom and look at my uh, wife or ch child and, and, uh, and do it with impunity. And they got to they gotta consider the fact that by normalizing that, you're putting at risk over 51% of the population to placate uh, that 0.03%. Like you said, it's just pandering to uh, a woke mob to the to, to, to virtue signal and it does a disservice not just to um uh just normalization of what is true but also to like real genuine safety concerns for someone who uh who needs to have the privacy in their own bathrooms and so uh, that's another reason why i don't shop at target or any of these rest these uh types of businesses who try to normalize that type of thing it's also why i created not woke shows as just just general entertainment. I, I couldn't even watch a movie or a TV show or a podcast or a comedy club showing without getting that, that type of virtue signaling. So I said, you know what? I'm creating a database. And uh, a lot of like-minded people thought this is uh, actually pretty incredible. And it took off like crazy out of nowhere. And uh, I have a lot of supporters that are that are just contributing a, a little bit of uh, help on, on reviews and content uh, generation and um, it's a, uh, it's pretty amazing how it's, uh, how it's taken off and the support that it's resulted from it, but it's, it's that whole ideology that we're trying to overcome. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome, man. 
So, yeah, that took away one of my questions. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, why you started it. But I think, you know, we kind of like opened it just kind of even just your introduction kind of led us into that segue. So uh, what about some news? You want to join us in our news segment? Oh, absolutely. Have your input as well as mine and Will's. He he finds some off the wall, crazy news stories. We love them. Uh, AI news, robot. If you listen, like you said, or like I said, you listen to the show, you've heard some of our news stories. So some psychedelics sprinkled in there, all kinds of crazy stuff. I got opinions on everything and, and then some. So yeah, shoot. That makes awesome. it happen. All right. Well, since we were on the Bud Light subject, I got a good article about Bud Light. It's probably pretty obvious at this point. But, Dustin, if you want to look this up, this is from OutKick.com. And the title of this one, April beer numbers are in, and it's a Bud Light bloodbath. The verdict is in, and the numbers aren't pretty for Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch. Turns out, go woke, go broke is actually more than just a conservative talking point. The April beer numbers are out. And it's green pastures across the board for everybody except Bud Light and just about every single Anheuser-Busch product. I was reading about how it's affecting all of their other brands, and I was actually pretty surprised at how it how it's affected um, not just Bud Light because that's really where it's in the news, but it's actually affecting all their other brands. And I, if this continues, I mean, I'm. But like a, a large company, and they're gonna they're gonna be okay. But it, it's in the end, if this continues, they're 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 gonna have to do a whole massive rebranding of everything, um, just to 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 really succeed the those losses. Yeah, and it's it's pretty serious because they're saying that they were down a staggering twenty one point four percent over last year's sales. So that's a pretty big chunk out of their their oh, revenue. Yeah. That's a huge piece. I mean, you're talking about a multi-billion dollar corporation, 21.4%. And I mean, Bud Light leads the way for Anheuser-Busch. Um, you know, I believe that's their best seller. And you're going to do something to ostracize your base. And, you know, like I said, I, I don't have any concerns either way about it. I'm still, if I, I mean, I drank natural light last weekend, but that's just because I was on a cheap kick. You know, I didn't want to spend $20 for that beer. So I'd spent 15 for you know, a little cheaper of a beer that tastes the same, but I mean, you know, did you not think it was going to happen? And you seen the backpedaling, like yeah. oh, it was a low level marketer. It was, uh, you know, the executives had no say in it and they're like making it out to be like, whoops, but it wasn't a whoops. It, once they started getting the backlash, it was a whoops, but you they're know, just, they're trying to throw anybody they can under the bus. No one is trying to take accountability for that. And now they're pissing off the 1% or under that they would have gained because they're pretty much uh, cutting ties with that Dylan Mulvaney. Like they don't even want to talk to her or, you know, so like you're, you're just pissing everybody off at this point because everybody can see that it's fake. And, you know, the biggest thing to me is how about this? Like, so at, at Twitter, we had that high level exec- executive, that was a woke company before Elon. Uh, still kind of, you know, Elon's not a saint by any stretch, but he's lo- a little more libertarian. Um, and then you find out that Bud Light had a high-level executive who was like FBI, CIA, or something like of that ilk. So, you know, who sets the agenda? The company <laughs> or the government infiltrators that have inf- infiltrated? Are we a capitalist country or are we communist where the state just infiltrates the corporations and, and runs them from the way, the perspective of the government? 
So here's something that I, I thought was interesting. And when, when they were talking about uh, it's just one low level executive, I'm inclined to maybe even think that because there's on some level, because are you guys familiar with uh, Gavin McGinnis from Censored TV? You ever watched that show? Yeah, he started Vice. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, he, uh, I, I watch his show semi-regularly and he, uh, for a little while, I don't think more recently, he had, uh, uh, Bud Light was, he didn't make it obvious, but it was, out, it seemed apparent that he was a, a, a brand sponsor, that was a brand sponsor um, and he would put it out there and, and that sort of thing. And obviously Bill and Mulvaney and Gavin McGinnis couldn't be on more opposite ends of the spectrum um, from a from an ideolog ideological standpoint. So I think that they probably have a whole group of people that are sitting out there uh, saying, okay, we need to kind of cater to this demographic and this one and this one and this one. And it's probably not on the radar of everyone. They're just saying, let's cater to every demographic and, and, and get everyone in on, on, our, on our beer. Now, at one point, they're probably going to think, okay, th there's something wrong with this demographic over here. It's causing us to lose. And at some point, it was in the news. And it, I would think that if you get that much negative publicity, you'd pull back and, and, and say, let's, let's, uh, let's regroup and, and let's take a, another look at this. But they didn't even do that. They, their CEO uh, made the most non-response uh, uh, for a... a I wouldn't call it an apology or a retraction or anything sort of thing. He tried to, to backpedal on the whole thing, but he never really quite said it was a mistake. Um, yeah. Obviously it was, but he, uh, he needed to say, to say, we do these things, we try to attack, attract everybody, but I mean, obviously this was a mistake. This is not who we are and it offended a lot of people. We're gonna just move forward and, and uh, just cut ties and, and move from there. If they had just said something like that, I think it would have people would have said, you know, that, I, that sounds like a reasonable answer, but they give a non-response, and I think that they they need to do that, and it made their situation worse. And I mean, like back to like the days, Mother's Day, whatever. But then you have like whole months. Like, so if they were going to do this, why didn't they do it during an appropriate time where they could have done like a targeted release for like dur say during Pride Month? You know, because most people would have been. I'm not saying everybody, but the the more moderate of people and like more of the libertarians, not like the hard left and the hard right, but like more of the people that are just common sense Americans probably would have been like, okay, whatever, you know, it's a pride month thing that they're doing because then it would have made more sense, but it's like, no, this of is course. who we are and this is who we're going with. And, you know, here's this rainbow on your beer can. And it's like, you know, well, I don't want to feel like a goddamn leprechaun. <laughs> You know, I self-identify as an apostle for the unholy brotherhood of the electric church. So. <laughs> All right. You want to get into some drug news? I love drug sure. news. All right. Kelly, we in the past few episodes, it seems like we've come across one or three or more articles that have something to do with drugs. And this one's a doozy, too. Um, <clears throat> this one is from Reuters. and. The title, Captagon, the drug fueling the golf party scene and serious finances. So I read a little bit about this, and apparently there's another new drug on the market now. And we'll go into a little more detail. From bloody front lines to buzzing construction sites and even high-end parties, the amphetamine commonly known as Captagon has enriched itself in the Middle East. 
Curbing the Captagon trade has become a key demand by Arab states seeking to restore ties with Syria's president Bashar al-Assad, whose government is accused of benefiting from the trade. Uh, we'll go a little bit further here. <clears throat> Captagon was the brand name of the stimulant first produced in Germany in the 1960s to help treat attention deficit disorders, narcolepsy, and other conditions. It was discontinued, but elicit versions of the drug continued to be produced in Eastern Europe and later in the Arab regions, becoming prominent in the conflict that erupted in Syria following the anti-government protests in 2011. So it looks like it's an amphetamine that's been around for a while, at least since the 1960s when it was produced in Germany. Um, but it's a stimulant. Dustin, you, you used to be big into stimulants. What was your... <laughs> what are your thoughts on this <laughs> I, I still take stimulants i take stimulants every day i take uh ritalin so i mean the dude first and foremost it's goddamn germans dude they fucking love methamphetamines yeah. amphetamines they love anything yeah. that'll get you hyped up it's like hitler almost ruled the whole world we're on to something with some speed so let's just keep creating it you know and look at them now they didn't they didn't even need a military to take over europe this time they just did it with the european union you know, because they're the strongest country in that entire uh, block of countries and they might not have the military. They just dominated in, in financial ways rather than trying to have the fourth Reich. Um, so I don't know the port. It's saying it's uh, the crystal meth for the modern Syrian soldier and some of these other that's from inverse. Yeah, um, I saw that. I just wanted to see like its chemical structure and see if it's anything like Ritalin or if it's stronger, because I mean, if it was discontinued it probably had some uh either addiction because even ritalin and adderall it has addictive properties but uh as you like to say uh i had some stimulant issues <laughs> in my younger days um I, I wouldn't say that i was ever addicted to any of them i just uh preferred them that was my method of choice i like something that amps me up not slows me down uh so there's probably some addictive uh, issues with it. Whereas like Ritalin, I feel off if I don't have it, like if the pharmacy can't fill my prescription, because that's controlled by the, uh, FDA and the DEA, I can only get 30 pills for a month, whether that month lasts 31 days. And with the supply chain issues from Corvid, um, you know, I, we're still having issues. Like it took me one time, two weeks, and this is like a month or two ago to get my extended release version. So, I mean, I like the first couple of days, I feel a little zonked out. I feel tired. I can't focus. I get fidgety and I start making stupid, impulsive decisions. And I want to go run around and do a million things at once. But uh, I wonder what the side effects are and if it's really helping the Syrians because they've been fighting that war now for over 10 years. And well, did you read a little bit more into it? Because um, it's it's everywhere like all kinds of people over there are taking it all kinds of different walks of life i mean in the beginning it even said it like construction workers business people stuff like that so it's pretty popular around there apparently so is this a recreational drug or is this a prescription drug to address a for medicinal use well from what i understand it was at one time a, pre a prescription drug but now it's it's becoming more of a recreational thing Okay. And is so, this kind of taking the whole country by storm because uh, people get the benefits out, out of the, I guess, whatever fun to be had? 
Yeah, and they're they're able to stay kind of amped up off of it for a while. So that's why mm-hmm. it you know it's good for the construction workers, the people that have to be, you know, going for a long time. Sure. Well, it's kind of like uh, and that's part of the issue with me for like the supply chain issues is like people, especially during the pandemic, they were pretty willy nilly with writing prescriptions, especially for stimulants, people working from home and everything. And you see it in colleges, uh, off label use of Adderall to, you know, uh, when it's crunch time for finals or whatever, uh, you know, kids use that off label or non-prescribed. There's a black market market for Ritalin, Adderall. Um, I think there's an, uh, not Valsartan. That's a freaking, <laughs> that's a blood pressure or, or uh, something like that. That's what I take. But <laughs> Dude, they got me not taking that. Yeah, they got me amped up, and then they got to put me on blood pressure medication. But um, but I mean, that's professionals even use that. I mean, if crack were more legal, like, or if cocaine were available in a prescription form, you'd see people taking that. Oh hell yeah! It's just not as refined. I mean, that's the whole thing with, you know, look at the difference between psilocybin and the strength and if you get like really good lsd or if we could get like lab lsd it would be or or just take like lab lsd compared to like someone that made it in their mom's basement the two drugs or even like down like mdma so someone making it versus a laboratory making it it's going to be totally different and the response to the drug is going to be totally different so where ritalin and adderall allow more of a focused energy method like meth crystal meth or cocaine or other stimulants like that don't allow for that same part of your like maybe it's your free your uh frontal cortex or something that reacts to those drugs differently compared to the chemical structure of say ritalin or adderall because if you look at their chemical structure very similar to crystal meth to cocaine you know they all have a very similar uh setup it was like we were saying a couple episodes ago. It might have been last episode, but the party or well, I'm sorry, the drug craze, it's only going to get worse. I mean, because now you got people that have access like before you weren't able to purchase a pill press online. Now you can get a pill press. You do enough digging, you can get it. Then at that point, all you need is the components to put together whatever cocktail you want to use I mean, think about it. Ten years from now, imagine what people are going to what's going to be on the market. The pink Coke. Remember that a few episodes ago? That's pretty wild. And the European party scene, they're way beyond ours. Those guys are hardcore over there. That's where I said, like, the Europeans seem more controlled when it comes down to like the actual use. And like when I I said, you know, by the time it gets to the U.S. market, it's going to be so stepped on. It's not going to be the same because <laughs> yeah. they're a little more liberal. And that's where, like, I'm more of a libertarian. I think drugs should be legal because we would clean it up and we would be able to fight. We would cut the profits off from the Mexican cartels. It would be one of the simplest ways to end the war on drugs and give people we're going to have addicts regardless. Give people a clean, safe place to do it. You know, that's just my opinion. And yeah, they're going to be people that overdose and those people were going to overdose, whether it was legal or not. And it's not the government's job to inform your children and make your children make, you know, good, responsible choices. That's your job as a parent. You know, it's not anybody's fault, but mine. And maybe it's not even my fault. I'm doing the best I can to raise my kids, but maybe they go out and they get addicted to drugs. You know, it's, it's Russian roulette. You never know. Right. So. All right. I got another one, man. We, we went, 
an article we did within the first episode, first or second episode, everybody remembers that watched the show about tipping the robot. The lady got charged 10% gratuity on her bill and she wasn't even served by a real person. She was served by a robot. So this one's going to really fire you up, Dustin. This is from businessinsider.com. All right. Customers are being asked to tip even at self-checkout. Some say it's emotional blackmail. Hmm. Where's the uh, article from again? Businessinsider.com. So let me keep going. Tip prompts are becoming more common at digital self-checkout kiosks, but customers are unsure where their money is going or whether the prompt is even necessary. The issue highlights a bigger phenomenon, tipping fatigue. I think we talked about this before, how people are just getting tired of tipping and tipping for like, you know, asinine reasons, tipping a robot, tipping all that a robot, other shit. Tipping a robot's asinine for sure. Right. I saw on your guys' Facebook page, and this is how how my mind works and I saw a button I guess you guys had on your Facebook page about something tipping the don't tip the robot in my head um and probably this is a byproduct of living used to living in like a country town many years ago where they would tip cows because uh that's what they did for fun <laughs> I'm thinking you're pushing the robot tipping it over um and because I, I didn't understand the context of the story but uh um, I think it's funny that that they do that, but I, isn't it general practice that um, that when they tip that, let's say in a, a restaurant, that it oftentimes doesn't necessarily go exclusively just to the waiter or waitress, but to the right. to all the people all the way around, because uh, so they can make a living wage. And if if the food's good and I get good service from the waiter or waitress, usually the waiter or waitress, I would assume probably gets the majority of it because I don't think they get full uh, paid a, a full um, standard minimum wage. But uh, if everyone does well and does their job right, then uh, I'm not averse to that and reward good behavior for uh, uh, people who do, who make my meal well. And so um, if the, the robot's doing that, I guess I could do that with the understanding that it's, it's going all the way around. But if my robot, if a robot's serving me, if a robot's preparing my food and the robot is, uh, um, checking up on my my drinks and everything like that i mean then i i, I wouldn't take the robot why would we you know yeah that's exactly. the robot's job it's not it's not a person it's not like it's got to go home and take care of little johnny and and judith they're at the house you know got to buy a motor oil to keep their gears running and shit it just tipping a robot's one of the dumbest things i've ever heard mm -hmm. i i'm all in favor of actually going in and, and tipping like literally tipping a robot I'd like to tip a couple of these kiosk stations once or twice too. And the industry I work in, I deal with self-checkout kiosks and it, they piss me off even at work. So yeah, hell yeah. Let's go tip some robots. Get, <laughs> let's get all drunk and <laughs> go tip robots. That's the world we're coming. We're going to have fucking robot cows, dude. Robot <laughs> tipping. That would be, actually be fun. I could get behind that, man. That's Yeah, <laughs> me too. In that case, tipping a robot is not asinine. No, we could tip robots if we're physically tipping the robots. Yeah, if we're moving them over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it looked a little wobbly. We're going to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one I got, man. This is a pretty cool one. I, it, it's an article, but it's not really news. But Dustin, I told you a little bit about this one before, but these are the seven psychedelic wellness retreats around the world offering a trip of a lifetime. And most of these in here have the prices and everything on them too. 
So I'll go through the list. Uh, and it looks like the first one is for uh, an Ibogaine wellness retreat. This is uh, Root Healing in Portugal. And uh, it goes through the details. Dustin, you can look it up. Uh, there's Where's a lot of... From? It offers a detox program. This is from 12magazine.com. 12? No, 12. T-W-E-L-L. It's like naming your kid freaking some whatever uh i'm i'm ranting to myself all right well they offer a uh <clears throat> they do offer a longer term program which is two to four weeks but for root healing at healing at centra retreats it starts at three thousand dollars per person for the upcoming 2023 dates so that's uh, pretty steep dustin if you want to go for your ibogaine or Kelly for your Ibogaine needs. Uh, they got you covered. All right. I so for, I don't think I'd be going for Ibogaine. That shit has like horrible side effects. Ibogaine. I don't know much about that stuff. I started reading about it. I was listening to Rogan one day and uh, they were talking about Ibogaine and they were talking about like the side of like, it's pretty, you get a pretty gnarly headache from it and shit. And I don't know. I don't, you know, getting the shits from shrooms is enough. All right. Well, since you mentioned shrooms, here's some really cool psilocybin wellness retreats. All right. This is micro meditations in Jamaica. All right. And if you if you can pull it up, the picture, I mean, this is right by the beach. It's, it's beautiful. Um, they got massage sessions, farm to table meals, round trip airport transfers. I mean, anything you can need here. Uh, and micro, micro, I'm sorry, micro meditations retreat starts at $4,300 per person for the classic retreat held in intimate guest houses and up to $6,400 per person for the comfort retreat held in spacious villas. So right here, man, if you guys are into it, I mean, Jamaica, you can go out, do your little mushroom retreat out there. That'd be pretty cool. What do you think, Dustin? Uh, Yeah. I'm going to pass on that. I mean, if I wanted to do that, we could spend, oh shit. If I have $4,300 to spend just to trip on mushrooms, we'd have a whole bunch of mushrooms, buddy. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, a, I mean, I understand they're giving the whole retreat, but where we live, you know, it's a beautiful section of the country. All we have to do is walk outside and look at the goddamn mountains. I mean, it'd be nice to live at a beach or go to a beach, but if I wanted to trip at the beach, I'd get some mushrooms and drive down to Florida all right so let me do the, this is the last one there's more but this is the last of the interesting ones all right this is the ayahuasca foundation all right and this is in peru and i think this is the one where a lot of celebrities and a lot of high level people have gone this i mean they got vapor baths smoke baths um yoga meditation breath work counseling anything you can need and this one is offered at $2,400 per person for 10 days, $3,600 per person for 18 days, 2022 dates are already completely sold out, which was last year, as are many in 2023. I mean, I think this one right here, this is the famous one. This is the one I think Aaron Rodgers went to, Machine Gun Kelly, all those people. Who's the Machine Gun Kelly? And where is this one? Is this also in Jamaica? No, this one is in Peru. Okay. And th this is the Ayahuasca Foundation. South America for the win, being the cheapest one 
And I'll tell you <laughs> what, if you're in Peru, there, that's where like it feels like Jamaica and the other one. You're kind of like they're trying to sell like a vacation package. Peru, you know, you're going to get like that tribal treatment, like the it's going to be a true like ayahuasca experience. It's not going to be like come here and eat mushrooms and sit on the beach. It's going to be like, no, we're going to do like a ceremony, like what it's meant to be. Dude, this area in Purdue, I'm reading about it right now. It's like right by the Amazon. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're in the heart of the jungle here. So it's in Purdue or is it in Peru? Peru. Oh, I thought it was in Purdue. Purdue. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you said, Purdue. I thought it was like at Purdue I heard that too. (laughs) kelly what do you think of these ayahuasca retreats man have you heard much about them i haven't but uh i actually i like the idea because a lot of these regions are just kind of an impoverished part of the country and they just need to kind of cater to the people they really want to do you can't really do these things legally in the united states um i actually just got back from a vacation in jamaica and um you're it's ironic you mentioned that one and i thought it was really funny because i mean we all associate uh marijuana use with jamaica and and they didn't have any of the the mushroom things at the resort that i went to but they they had a thing where you can take a tour of a a a marijuana grow farm i go interesting enough i'm thinking wow this place is probably synonymous with uh marijuana because everyone associates uh, Jamaica with marijuana I'm think I'm expecting this massive grow field and these uh these people that are that are doing um tending to all these big plants and and the whole thing because I actually have some clients that actually do exactly that but I'm thinking wow Jamaica's going to be so much more and so they we go on these ATVs and we go on way down deep into these uh Jamaican forests and um we uh we drive in there and I swear the plot of land is not much bigger than maybe maybe the size of a normal house. And maybe a, a quarter of that is is associated with just, a, there's probably 30 potted plants. Um, and there's just some guys that are, that are just kind of smoking up while they're just, uh, while they're uh, tending to some plants and they're just telling what each one of the things are. And I go, oh, I guess my expectations were probably set a little bit too high. And then, I mean, so be it. And they, they, I was thinking they're going to try to try to sell us some, some marijuana. No, they didn't do that, but they did. I thought this was funny. They said, we made some, uh, some, uh, Jamaican wine, man. We made some Jamaican wine. Try our Jamaican <laughs> wine. And so they, I was thinking, okay, you know, Jamaican wine out of, mar- out of, out of marijuana with uh, marijuana infused Jamaican wine. And so, okay. I'm thinking, okay, let's see what this is about. So I'm thinking they're going to pull out a bottle and a cork opener and the whole thing. No, they they had a two liter bottle, uh, it's like Pepsi bottle, where the top <laughs> is cropped off and it's filled with this brown liquid that that uh, you don't know what's in it or it, there's no cleanliness standards or anything like that. And and they're just pouring them into little Dixie cups and they're just passing it to, out to all the people that are on this tour. I well, I guess when when in Jamaica, um, I'm just gonna roll with it. But, uh, <laughs> who knows what's in this and what's regulated about it, if at all? But uh, um, uh, I tried it. And it tastes good enough. I mean, it was it was it was wine, and you can kind of taste the, the the marijuana infusion in it to some degree. But um, um, I just thought that was funny that they they were uh, taking the, this uh, whole idea that they're this this mar- massive gr- marijuana grow farm and uh that just just happened to be it might as well have been just someone like 
if anyone grew marijuana now that it's legal in some states, it, it's probably as big as what someone's grow farm would be in their backyard. It was not much bigger than that. And uh, they're just kind of making it a little bit of a business that people would have to go and drive the uh, their ATVs to, to to go see. And they go, oh, okay, yeah, that. So be it. And I, I thought it was funny. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And you don't think about that. I actually like stuff like that. So they're making wine out of it. It's the yeah. same concept like we got here. You know, when people go to these vineyards and, you know, these wineries and everything and they make a day out of it, you know, it's just their version of it. Yeah, and um, it was it was more just just kind of seeing the culture because Jamaica is really an impoverished country. If you've ever been outside of if you've ever been over there, and it's I don't get off over there, but maybe once if, if I do, it's once every six years or something like that. But it's a it's a it's such a a, a very very poor country, and everyone's literally living in uh, tin shacks, and um, it's there's just not a whole lot to be had. And ever like kids are roaming the streets, and and uh, if they can find an opportunity to make money, then they they uh, they'll they'll certainly do it. And I mean, this would and this would have been considered one of the bigger grow farms over there. So um, wow. it, it was kind of an interesting thing to learn about the culture. But yeah, by all means, if uh, you can cater to the people that that uh, that want to smoke or use um, mushrooms or something like that, because it's not legal in your country. And it helps uh, elevate your your community. Why not? Hell yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sad to me. I don't know. I I always think of the government. I don't know why I'm on this kick about the government, but I just don't like them. And and the corporations, you know. And it's sad to see that we have impoverished countries that are just south of us, and that our corporations, our largest corporations, exploit. I mean, like yep. Puerto Rico, Jamaica. Haiti, where we put these resorts on the beautiful, on the beautiful beachside oceanfront, you know, locations, we destroy the nature that's there. Exactly. And like the inland portion of it, we don't give anything back to the communities, really. We just exploit it and we send a bunch of tourists down, you know, and then we see in the news, like you're seeing a lot of it in Mexico because a lot of the Mexicans and, and the cartels run rampant down there where they're actually attacking tourists now. But it's like, you know, we kind of impeded and maybe they are a little pissed off that we're down there and we exploit our wealth. You know, a lot of people and people that go off the, you know, like Anthony, Anthony Bourdain, you know, off the reservation and, you know, they can see your wealth. I mean, you're walking down the street with a $800 watch on and you're looking at a kid that doesn't have a pot to piss in and flies all over him, hasn't eaten in probably a week. And you're there like sightseeing. It's, it's just, it's really sad. You know, I just, that's the shit I think we should be talking about in this country instead of fucking beer cans and all that shit, man. It just, it makes the world look silly and compare or makes us look silly in comparison to the state of the majority of the world. You know, when you really think about it, there's not many first world countries out there. The majority of them are second world developing nations or third world countries. That's something you can get behind. You can go to these third world countries and there you can tip. Uh, they probably don't have the robots to tip. But you can tip those guys. <laughs> um, I we uh we we actually found a, a street uh, uh not a vendor but a, I guess someone just playing music out there, and uh, in the street and the guy who was doing this he had uh, one leg he had one eye and uh, he he had a cast on one arm just it, it just mess all the way around but he's singing a song and he had a guitar and he's and he's playing it as best he can. 
great song. And um, uh, we, we said, you know, let's tip him some money. And, and I wanted to give a good tip. I mean, a really solid tip. Normally a solid tip would have been something like five bucks or something like that, which would have been even huge for them. But we said, let's, let's do something a little more. We gave him a 50 and uh, this just really brightened the day. And everyone's gonna, no one's gonna sneer at a 50, but a $50 bill in that region it's like winning the lottery because they get uh, a week's wages for a lot of these people is like five bucks, five or ten dollars, and um, for a lot of these things. And a fifty was was massive. And the, the I mean, it was awesome to see the expression on his face to see him um, get elevated from that. And so it probably helped out. So yeah, oh, tip, yeah. tip those guys in in these third world countries. And just to uh, let everybody that's listening know, uh, fifty. U.S. dollars to the Jamaican dollar, fifty dollars U.S. is seven thousand seven hundred forty-three dollars. So almost seventy-eight hundred dollars in Jamaican money. Good God! You know, and you see a lot of people like there's a lot of expats uh, from America that go to these countries, South America, uh, like uh, I think Costa Rica is a big one where uh, people retire to just because you can live off like two thousand dollars a month and live very very comfortably. I mean, you have to deal with maybe not the best infrastructure, the electric's not the greatest, don't drink the water, but for the money that they get, you know, uh, in their retirement, either it's through 401k, social security, whatever it is, you know, they can live comfortably, way more comfortably than you can even retire in America, which is kind of sad, you know, we're in the most prosperous nation in the world and you can't even retire decently here. I've heard that uh, Panama is the same way. I heard there's actually like retirement communities in Panama, like there would be like in Florida and shit, because it's uh, like what you just said. It's really cheap and nice weather usually. And well, wasn't Panama one of the uh, places, one of the countries that like Boston George kept his money and everything from blow? Like they have a lot of those offshore loosely regulated banks. A lot of people like Bernie Madoffs yeah. and all those can keep their money in. And yeah. they have like very loose extradition laws. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Panama. It was one of the one of those countries. Just it's wild. Let's yeah, but that goes back to the same thing. Let's go here, put our money here, but not do anything to help the local local communities. Or I just I don't know. It kind of pisses me off. You know, it's like me. You know, you you see the people. If I got a couple bucks and I see a guy on a corner, and I don't care if he's going to buy cigarettes or beer or whatever, I don't. But if I see him and he looks homeless, because you get those the homeless people that don't look homeless, you know those that's their job panhandling, and they're making a killing off of it. But if the dude looks like he's looking pretty rough, and you know, I'll throw him a five or a ten. I'll, if I have a couple cigarettes left, I'll give him some of those. I don't, you know, I'm gonna help the dude out. He's in a rough spot, you know. But I just think there's more we could do. We're we're always gonna have that portion of society, though, you know. But if you see him, that doesn't make it any easier, and it doesn't. If you have it, is it any harder for you? Are you going to miss that five or 10 bucks? Regardless, everybody deserves a little pleasure. You know, even if they're going to go buy a tall boy, a Bud Light, you know, with Dylan Mulvaney on the can, (laughs) (laughs) you know, maybe they, maybe they deserve it. And maybe they could use it two times. You know, they use it once to drink and once for a little, you know, you know where I was going. Maybe they find her attractive. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Well, that's that's all I got for news. Do you want to move on to the Q and A uh, section segment? Yeah, just uh, you know, we have you on as a guest, so we want to know uh, are there any movies that you've viewed recently, and then we can give because we normally do. We've started this new thing where it's like, what games are you playing? Uh, what TV shows? What movies have you watched recently? Do you have anything that you know is kind of 
been on your radar that you want to share with us? And I know Will's been a fan. He said uh, he liked that review of Killing Them Softly. Yeah, yeah. great movie. You know, I just saw, um, are you guys familiar with the uh, the talk show host uh, Steve Dace on The Blaze? Yeah, I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's a, if you're into politics, the he does he does good stuff. But he just recently put that put out a movie. He's a kind of a prolific writer, and he put out a movie called Nefarious, and um, uh, it's not going to be available in all all theaters supposedly, but it's going to be pretty much all throughout the United States, most of the United States. But the movie is low budget. It's but the movie's awesome. Um, it's a uh, it's a incredible movie. You can you can see my review on notwokeshows.com if anyone wants to check it out. But um, that was a good movie worth checking out, and that was uh. It just got released about two or three weeks ago, and uh, it was a good one. Where where can you see it? What's it's in it theaters right now. In um, theaters, in, okay. Yeah, it's not streaming yet, but it's uh, but yeah, it's in theaters still. Um, I would imagine it's probably going to come to some streaming platforms, uh, probably in the next couple weeks. But um, check it out while it's in the theater. It's it certainly was worth it. It's a it when you leave that movie. I mean, it's it's. It's a, very much a um, uh, one of the better uh, shows that are um, made by conservatives. So you, there, every, there's a few studios that are doing those, and that's pretty good. So yeah. for all you guys, I hope you guys can see this uh, that are watching the podcast uh, physically on YouTube. The website, again, is notwokeshows.com, and it's, uh, I just kind of breezed through a little bit of it recently added. Uh, so you can go, you can, uh, TV, movies, podcasts, video casts, stand-up comedy, games, uh, you know, it's a little bit of something for everybody. And the thing that I like the most that you do, Kelly, whenever you do it, even if it's not your cup of tea or if it is, because everything we watch, and there's a movie that I've watched, I watched recently called A, a Man Called Otto with Tom Hanks in it. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's got some woke portions in it. There is yep. a, a transgendered person. His dad kicked him, kicked him out. It was a trans trans male. It was uh, the person was born a female and transitioned to male. And he said, uh, Tom Hanks was like, did he kick you out because you're like this? And he said, yeah. And he's like, well, you're an idiot. And that's kind of like, to me, it's not that it doesn't fit the bill of being completely woke. I think they put it in there to be woke, but yeah. that is more of like a normal person thing to me. Like, am I going to love my children any less because they do something I don't agree with? Absolutely not. Um, and I think that's the majority of Americans feel that way, but I like that when the show, when you do review it, you give like, it can still be an overall enjoyable movie, even if it does have a woke section, but it seems like a lot of times, especially with these remakes that they're making, you know, I'm not going to go into any detail and give, uh, you know, any kind of notoriety to something I don't think deserves it. But we all know uh, recasting and, and reformulating even like Habib on The Simpsons. Yeah, you know, it, it's a little ridiculous. So I'm not a fan of those. But if there's a movie or a show that's out there and it has woke moments in it. No, hold on. There's no Habib on The Simpsons, dude. It's a it's a poo. Are you talking about the guy <laughs> that runs the Quickie Mart? Yeah, I thought you. I got Habib. There's no Habib. <laughs> you know what's funny is I I knew exactly who you were talking about. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get fucking canceled for that one. You're yeah. gonna have so many people hating on you. Simpsons lovers along, they're gonna be lining up ready to just Look, bash you, man. The Simpsons lovers are gonna hate me, and then the people that like are gonna be the woke virtue signaling people are gonna hate me because they're gonna be like, you just cast like 
you just like racist racist yeah, gendered or whatever i did like i just said habib because it's it's you got me messed up on that one dude because you used to do that fucking alex's thing no i didn't all right what do you that's what all you, you. <laughs> what have you been watching dustin well i watched that one uh that i just talked about um a man uh, named Otto. i watched that the other day in the midst of my uh rocket league break but Dude, I'm telling you, I'm still hooked on that. So I've been watching a bunch of like, uh, they had, they just had the spring open last weekend. So it's three days total. Each tournament is like six hours long. So that's eaten up like most of my watch time. I've just been uh, watching the the spring open for Rocket League. I don't know. I'm such you've a fan been, of that game. You've just been pretty much nerding out is what you've been doing. Well, yeah. And see, that's a side effect of... Um, being having ADD and ADHD yeah. is whenever I find something I like, and even the medicine doesn't fix this. Like, go ahead, blame it on your disorders. Go ahead. I do have a tendency to hyper focus on things. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been like uh, Rocket League's the hyper focus. And that's just been, that's, we watched the show. We, we've been watching, my wife's been watching that, uh, the Charlotte show or whatever on Netflix, the Bridgerton thing. It's about Queen Charlotte, but that's one of the recast ones. Dude, all they do in that show is have sex. Oh, is that what it is? It's a nightmare every single time. Like, I'm laying there, and I'm watching Rocket League on the iPad, and she's got it on the TV. I'm like, they're fucking again? <laughs> again? It's like, it goes for like five to ten minutes of dialogue. Sex. It's like, Jesus Christ, when does it end? Well, I've been watching. What have you thought of Dave? I've, I've caught up with Dave. Have you watched any more of that? I didn't watch this week's episode, but I watched the one where like the bus blew up and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that was the last episode I saw, I think. Kelly, have you watched Dave on? No, I'm not even familiar with it. Um, if you said it was on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. I think it was originally an FX show, but it, it uh, follows a rapper, Little Dicky, And uh, this is kind of like the real life little dicky is what it is and uh hmm. it's it's pretty funny i'm surprised i haven't heard of it i, I watch so much tv and so much movies and it, it's 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 a difficult thing to kind of get on stay on top of all of it and i have a lot of people sending in their own stuff and so it's not just me I, I, there's no way i could be able to watch every single episode that i'm actually publishing on the site i get a lot of people that are supporting but it's at the same time, um, I haven't even heard of that one. And that's that's what's amazing. So I'll have to check it out. It's yeah, it's it's, pr it's pretty funny. He's a really awkward guy, like very socially awkward. And he constantly finds himself in these situations. And his awkwardness often gets the best of him. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's it's a comedy with a little, little bit of drama in it here and there. But it, it's good. You got to watch. If you're going to watch it, watch it from the beginning. And this I is will like do the, that. I'll check it out. It's the stereotypical, but like he he's a Jewish rapper from Philadelphia. So and he's got the stereotypical Jewish like overprotective parents, like the mother, like and anyone who's had Jewish friends as a kid can tell you they can attest that the it's pretty spot on with the parents, especially the mothers. The the father's normally uh, a schmuck, kind of clueless, and the mothers are very protective, hands on. They look after their children very much and it's kind of like that so and it's he's an only child so he kind of has like the only child syndrome and he thinks the whole fucking world revolves around him and he's so clueless that a lot of times like he thinks that he's the center of everybody's universe 
and he's just blatantly self-centered but it's it's funny at the same time and his music's funny too like even as because he's a real rapper um you know in, in real life he's got some albums and he's a pretty good rapper it's just it's not serious like snoop dogg or or kind of rap like that it's more of like goofball rap like so but he, it's, he pokes fun at himself yeah yeah sounds awesome i'll have to check it out it the plot sounds a little bit i mean at least from some of it uh uh, you said that it was from an overprotective parents from a Jewish family. Did you guys ever see the movie? Uh, it was on Roku, or it, it was an original Roku film called Weird. It was the Weird Al, Al Yankovic story. No, I wanted to see that. How was that? It was so fun. At least the first half of it was funny. It started to get a little bit dry after towards the end. The beginning half is so incredibly funny, and there's his, it's it's very sarcastic in how they present it, and uh, the the. If you just look at the preview, you could actually pre uh, set it up right here and we could watch it, the, the preview. But it's essentially the the parents are telling weird a young weird Alice says, we want you to, to uh, not be happy in your, in your and, and live your the lifestyle that we that we know you can be. I don't remember. I'm, I'm paraphrasing so poorly, but um, and uh, he just wants to be live a life where he's playing the accordion and um, and uh, he, he pages through. It's supposed to be like a Playboy, but it's it's like a like a an accordion Playboy is is really what a thing for accordion lovers and um and then he gets in college and they're all uh, he says I I want to be a person that um that rewrites pre existing uh music with their own lyrics in his college but he said yeah well, shoot, why don't you do that I guess and he makes up a song called My Bologna if you remember that song um, yeah. on the on the on the spot. Um, I don't know. It's a very funny movie, very sarcastic, and um, it's a it's it's worth checking out. You want to yeah, go? I got I got to see the that. trailer if you want. Yeah, let's do it. So give me a second because I got to make sure I have it set up for share screen. I got to optimize it and share. Sound. It's uh it's Daniel Radcliffe that plays. Yeah, him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it and it's an unauthorized biography, so it's it's obviously it's a lot of made up stuff, but it's uh it's funny. I love those kind of movies. Which trailer should we go with, Kelly? Uh, let's go with the top one. Okay. The Rotten Tomatoes. So I'll go ahead and start it. Put it in. I'm tired of people thinking I'm some kind of joke. Your dad and I agreed it would be best if you just stop being who you are and doing the things you love. My whole life. All I wanted. I'm afraid we found your son at a polka party. Make <laughs> new words to a song that already exists. Oh, well, you should do that then. My little hungry one, hungry one, open up a package of Dude, I've got chills. Every once in a great while, I can spot a talent that I know is the future of music. But first, we gotta find you a stage name. Oh, Al Yankovic. It's long, it's hard to pronounce. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. Weird Al Yankovic. I love it. Taken the world by storm. Do I know you? Madonna. 
I was wondering if you were going to do a parody of my song, Like a Virgin. I'm curious, is that song autobiographical? Yes. <laughs> Except for the what? fact a lot of sex. Any one creative genius that doesn't have a checkered past involving alcohol. That's the medicine. And drugs. I think Madonna's a bad influence on you. <laughs> what? No offense. I'm a train wreck. My parents wrote me off. I pushed away my band. You're all just a bunch of normals. I'm the weird one. You gotta take care of yourself. I saw in you something special. An artist with something to give to the world. In front of all the billions of people watching around the world right now, all I want to say is be as weird as you want to be. You will never find true happiness until you can truly accept who you are. Thank you. Al, you can't smoke in here. <laughs> I totally deserve that. Yeah, it's a good one. That looks great. I gotta see that. Yeah, it does that? That looks awesome. But, There's one but, scene where they're uh, he's having to hide, sneak out of the parents' house. And his college buddies, because he's nervous about his parents uh, wanting to, is going to find him. And so he goes, hey, don't worry about it. Just make a hay boy. And he's like, what's a hay boy? And he literally just stuffs his, like a thing, uh, hay into a pillowcase. And the hay is coming out of the top of the thing for the head. And, and it fools the parents. And, and uh, but everyone, like, as if everyone knows what a hay boy is. And I thought that was a funny line. Yeah, right. That's wild. That's that. I'm going to have to check that out. It looks really good. But but hold on. The question is, Kelly, was it woke or not? Was not woke. Was not Absolutely, woke. I recommend it. Okay, good. I'd hope not, you know, because that would be kind of defeating the purpose of making a weird, that weird Al movie. I mean, it's kind of like if they did a remake of, well, I guess you could do it now if you focused on the latter part of his career, but doing like a Private Parts 2. Because the <laughs> Private Parts yeah. 2 would just be nothing but a woke show, yeah. literally and figuratively. So true. Howard Stern went south. Way south. I mean, and that's the whole man. And that's Will asked this question a couple weeks ago. And it's like, how do they decide who gets canceled and who doesn't? And it's like, if there's a prime example of someone who, if you went back and looked, especially at a lot of his early like WNBC kind of stuff, he should be canceled for the shit that he said. And then he yeah. contradicts it. So to me, as a Howard Stern fan, I've, I always was. When he started sharing his political and beliefs and all of that, it turned me off from him because it's like we were, you turned your back on your core audience, your base. I guess it's the similar thing with Bud Light, you know, maybe I just like Bud Light too much. Maybe I'm an alcoholic. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he, he was so huge into free speech and wanting to everyone to be able to uh, leave him alone to do his own show. And that was his, his whole spiel back um in i guess it was in the early 2000s and uh when they started to really go after him and uh now he he's really about kind of wants to have certain people self-censor and and uh um he's just kind of done a complete 180 on a lot of things and he's still kind of the the same type of humor that he did before but i mean 
it's coupled with all of his other woke nonsense. And so I, I, I can't listen to it anymore. It's, it's yeah, exactly. not the same. So what about games? Do you, uh, do you game at all, Kelly? As- I do. Um, I'm on a Macintosh, so I don't get to do a whole lot of gaming on, um, the, uh, on the computer itself, but I have PS5. Um, I'm these days I'm playing Hogwarts legacy and it's not quite as good as I hoped that it would be. Um, it's not a bad game at all. It's, it's still a great game, but right before that I came off of, um, I'm going to butcher this name, ghost of Tushima. I think it was, was called. And then before that red dead redemption two, which was probably one of my favorite games of all time. So you're a lot like me when it comes to like playing more like RPGs, like long, like single, single player, player story motivated games. I love the stories in the games. I mean, and that's why I've added that. I'd only recently started adding games to the, to not woke shows is because so many of them have the plot lines of a typical movie that might even surpass uh, a good movie um, that uh, you, you, can probably get a whole lot more out of the game because it's probably about eight hours worth of movie footage, if anything else. Um, yeah. That, if anything. So like one great example of that, um, uh, Uncharted is one of my favorite games of all time, Uncharted 4. And it's an incredible game. It's about kind of uh, going after a pirate ship treasure and, and the storyline in that is just amazing. But they made the movie out of, out of the game after the fact. And it it left a lot to be, to be desired. And I, I had to figure out what was the reason for it. It's just that the movie was about an hour and a half, but the game was about eight to 10 hours worth of, of plot that I, it's more immersive. And so it's very much a, a movie, uh, very much a show. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a great example. And the Harry Potter series too, like you, you bring that up and, and it was a book first, you know, not a game, but I don't know if you've seen that, uh, they're doing a Harry Potter TV show now, mm-hmm. which I Absolutely. think if, you know, in the early 2000s, late 90s, whenever they started developing them for movies, if Netflix had been around or HBO Max, all these new streaming platforms, I think that's where they should have went with it. You know, a season for each year of the timeline, because that being a Harry Potter fan and reading the books growing up, you know, the books were way better than the movie. I love the movies too. And some of them, they're not as long as like Lord of the Rings, but I mean, there's some long movies, you know, but doing it on a show, I think they can really get to the story behind it and, and pick up some of the stuff they missed, you know, some important things that they missed from the movies as well. So I, mm-hmm. and video games, especially the RPG games, they're hard to get, especially like what you said, eight to 10 hours. And I play like um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I mean, I think I put in, you know, just base game, 40 hours playing the base main storyline. So 40 hours of gameplay building that story. How does that translate to a movie? It just, and that's why a lot of gaming fans are like, shit, that sucked because they don't get the same experience that they got from actually playing the game. Mm-hmm. That's so, so, so true. Well, you've been playing Willie D, Willie Walnuts. Well, I've been out of town. To- I've been out of town for a couple of days, but man, I just, playing the same shit i always do doom 2016 doom eternal i got a buddy of mine from work that he gets on that game too so we play that it's just i mean to me it's one of those mindless games you can kind of pick up whenever you don't have to remember how to play the game you can pretty much just pick it up play it you don't have to think about it you know yeah kind of like me with rocket league except for i'm trying to go pro on that shit right exactly 
So I've been grinding that dude. I grind that shit. I do. I work, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. And then I come home and I grind like five or six hours playing Rocket League. <laughs> I'm well, not dude, lying. I've been going back on Doom 2016. They have the arcade mode. And basically you're just trying to get the highest score possible at a levels that are in the campaign. They just kind of shorten the level. So now I'm going back and I'm like, oh, okay, you know what? I can do better. I'm trying to beat that high score in that level and then beat that high score. And it's just uh, when it's all said and done, you think about it and you're like, man, I just wasted so much time on something stupid. Like <laughs> I did that with Halo Combat Evolved, the first version yeah. of Halo. Yeah. I was I invested easily, and I'm not exaggerating, at least four hours per day, every day for literally 20 years every single day that was the only game i would play for for the longest time and i got when you play a game that long and you and you focus on just maybe three or four and it was always the online uh, interactive with other uh players where we'd play capture the flag or something like that on on the game you you tend to get incredibly good i'd later find out because now they people were they got to the point where Everyone was not only playing against me and, and uh, strategically trying to go against me, but were using cheat codes and everything, and I'd still win. And I only realized after I'd gotten that good that there was a time, probably 10 years prior before they actually canceled uh, all the later updates, that they were actually having competitive play with, with big uh, um, paydays for winning that I absolutely guaranteed would have won every single which way because oh, I probably was one of the top five players in the world on this game. It, was, it got to be so absurd that I because I dedicated so much time to it because and this was long after everyone else abandoned it and there was probably a core group of maybe I don't know fifty people that were still playing these old 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 online games and no I if I had known about it yeah I could have taken away a. a each payday was probably $50,000, $100,000, I would have just cleaned up. But only after, that's when I, I learned about it. So that's yeah, what I that like. Esports is huge, man. That, that, that You can make so much money off of it now if you're good at a certain yeah. game. Well, that's like the uh, Rocket League. The purse payout for the, um, like the Grand World Champions, it's a $6 million purse, dude, for a team of three people. I mean, they have big names. They have like mobile, uh, mobile one oil, uh, sponsoring teams. They have, um, ally banking sponsoring teams. They have a ton of sponsors. There's a lot of big money in it. And these kids, I mean, 18, 19 years old, making millions of dollars playing video games. And they talk about, like, I've watched a couple of, uh, like, uh, one of the best players in the world, his name's apparently Jack. And I mean, he talks about the grind that he's put in and he started like two years after everybody else one of the best in the world now, but he's like, you know, everybody else was playing ranked and, 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 and practicing and doing scrimmages for four or five hours a day. He's like, I was doing it 10, 10 to 12 hours a day playing nonstop. Cause I God. had to catch up and I had to be better, but it's like the whole world of esports. but that's why I like these, like these games like that, like rocket league, they're still super popular. I'd love to get on and play something like call of duty, like black ops, but they start hacking the servers once Activision or Treyarch or whoever starts pulling away, like or in Halo's um, realm, Microsoft, when they kind of don't monitor the servers anymore, you get yeah. these server hackers in there and they're running around with a goddamn grenade launcher, an automatic grenade launcher, and you can't even, you know, get off your respawn. I know. I hate that, man. So, yeah, it's just, it's been interesting and 
Yeah, it's good games, dude. Gaming's I don't know keeps us kids at heart. You know, I'm I'm we're both mid thirties. Um, you know, you're probably mid thirties, late thirties. Probably it's I look at I'm actually I'm in my late forties. Oh um, wow, yeah, you yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm immature and I look it too. But it keeps you young. If you see the gaming, yeah. it keeps you young. Yep. Yeah. But all right, well, I think we got a show here, guys. Uh, we're about an hour and a half in, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to end the live stream. So everybody, uh, this is Dustin, the unholy apostle, signing off. Willie Walnuts, the immortal one, and our guest from Not Woke Shows, Kelly McNeil. Check him out at notwokeshows.com and he's got social media he's all over the place uh i think his website has it all his different channels there so go yep. ahead and check him out we appreciate you guys listening and we're good to go